Angela, welcome to Late Nights on Cape Talk. Lovely to have you as our guest for Book Club. Uh, And we're going to be talking about uh, your fourth novel, The Blessed Girl. Yes. I hear that you enjoyed it quite a bit. I loved this book. And I honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I did not know what to expect. I knew the first time I saw the cover. It's one of my favorite covers of last year. First Thank of all, um, I just thought it was stunning. But I didn't know what to expect at all. And I hadn't really read a great deal around it because I don't like to kind of spoil. I like I like things to be a surprise. So yeah. within the first page, I was hooked. I just thought, I don't know who this girl is, um, but she's got a story to tell. And of course, the book uh, centers around the character of Bontle Tao, uh, who, who is... The Blessed Girl. Now, for those who may not be au fait uh, with the blesser, blessy situation, can you just summarize what that is? Uh, okay, so a blesser, a blessy is um, a young woman um, who relies on an older, um, sometimes married man, often married man, um, to take care of her material needs so it is a it's usually a transactional relationship the man um gets to enjoy the favors of a young woman uh you know flaunting her around sexual favors and um in in return the young woman basically demands any any material um item that she wishes for and uh, gets it from her blesser and this can be a very, very lucrative arrangement. I mean, we're not just talking about, you know, a few rand here and there. I mean, it's 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 penthouse apartments, it's convertible cars, it's jewellery, it's, it's holidays. It's government tenders. It's government tenders, Nochal. I mean, it's it's serious. Yeah, look, I think, I, I, I don't know how much of it happens in Cape Town. I would imagine it happens a fair bit. Uh, but in, 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 in Gauteng, certainly, um, it became almost kind of a lifestyle option for, 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 for certain young women because they just saw it as an easy way out because these men are available and willing to spend all this money and to spoil them and to open business stores for them. Um, and so, you know, um, it, it's kind of an easy way out to access a, a certain type of lifestyle. Yeah. And, and what I love about the book is that Houting really is a character of its own in the book. Yes. Uh, the setting itself, um, it, 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 it's almost an enabler yeah. um, for the lifestyle that, uh, that these young women search for. So, yeah, it's definitely, it is a character in the book. And I love that. As somebody who, who lived in Joburg, I, you know, when you're talking about these places, I know where you're talking about. I, and I love that. I, I can picture this, this one-bedroom apartment in Hurlingham, and then I can picture the penthouse in, in Santon. Uh, I can picture all of these, these places uh, because I know the city. Uh, let's talk, first of all, a little bit about Bontle, who I have to say, for for ninety five percent of the book, I really don't like. Oh yes, because I, I was going to ask you uh, <laughs> when you said that from the beginning of the book you were hooked, because I know that uh, for some people, when you start reading the book, because she's quite boastful um, about who she is and about how she goes about mm. getting you know, accessing um, this lifestyle. And so I've, I always feared as a, re- as a writer, I feared that some people would be turned off by her 
um, you know, at the very beginning of the book where she talks about how she's always used her looks mm. um, to get her way in life. Um, and so I, 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 it was something that I was quite conscious of. And and so that's where a lot of the humor yes. actually, uh, comes into play, that uh, I'm trying to kind of uh, uh, wink at the reader to say, you know, this person, you know, um, she she pretend this is kind of um, an illusion. She's 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 drawing up this elusive world for mm. you to get sucked into, but it's not really real. And um, and it's the same as you know what we see, what we call, what people call the Instagram lifestyle. Mm. That quite a lot, uh, quite a few, quite 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 often, you find people uh, posting these flashy lives, uh, you know, this flashy lifestyle. But at the at the heart of it, a lot of it is not really real. It's it's posing. It may not even be the person's car, uh, in some instances. And and so you know when she starts off saying, "Oh, I live in a penthouse apartment, fully paid up," and then <laughs> further down the line, you just get you, you find a contradiction immediately, and then yeah. you start realizing that you are in the throes of a very unreliable narrator. Yeah, which which actually I I I I sort of I love. She's the character I sort of love to hate. Uh, for for as I say, for ninety five percent of the book, and then obviously things change. Uh, but I think what's so great about uh, Bontle is that sense of humour. Is that she's the kind of girl that I wouldn't be friends with, but I would always be entertained by. <laughs> so you'd want to spend about ten minutes with her. Literally, like, about okay, she's the kind of person. Now, yeah, she's you. the kind of person who would like join a table, and you'd have ten minutes, and then after ten minutes, you start eye rolling, and you're like, "Okay, winner, you must, you must go now." Like this is not even, yeah. Yeah, but 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 at the same time, you, you keep the reader gripped because there are many levels to Bontler, and that's what I, that's what I love, and I and I was un, she was unexpectedly multi layered. Yes, um, because there's a vulnerability there that we that 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 starts unraveling. Um, at first, we find out, you know, there's a hint about. Um, her being a depressive personality, mm. she, she 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 struggles with depression. But again, she masks it. She she pretends that it's just something that happens. It's one little episode, and you know, um, she 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 disappears, you know, from the reader for mm. for during that time, and then she reemerges, happy, bubbly, all is well in the world again. Um, but as as she gets more and more of those episodes, then we start seeing that there's a real vulnerability there. There's there's, there's pain um, that is at the heart of who she is. Um, there are things that happened in her childhood mm. that actually molded her into this person who doesn't appreciate herself for who she is, doesn't appreciate her own soul. Um, she believes that people want to see the beautiful, gorgeous, charming, funny, always happy, always glamorous exterior. And, um, you know, she gets given a lot of opportunities even by these men of hers. She has three blessers in her life. Um, you know, some of them open, as I said, business doors. Um, some of them expose her to so many opportunities. And because in her head, she's the script that's been handed down to her, you know, throughout her childhood is, you're just a pretty face, mm. use your look to get where you want to go. To go. Um, she doesn't realize that, you know, that, that, that there are some really smart moves that mm. she makes 
uh, when she gets these opportunities and she thinks on her feet, but she doesn't recognize that as um, a possible, you know, way out for her to really develop herself as an individual, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, and really make something of her life outside of these men. Um, because, you know, the, the script is, you're just a pretty face. Just keep with the man, get what you can get, move on to the next man, get what you can get. She doesn't kind of stop and think, well, here's an opportunity that, that can actually, um, you know, haul me out of this dependency out of this crazy cycle um and and um yeah so the, so that's where we see that this so that's where the layers come in as you say mm. and bontley has very much framed her whole situation as her being the one who is is benefiting nobody's using her she's being she's actually she she frames it i guess and she's a chief justifier she's able to justify almost anything and, and she frames it in a way that in her mind, this is all good for her. There is there is no downside for her, um, you know, other than the upkeep of 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 her figure and her and her looks. But actually, it's quite a sad as you as you travel through the book uh, and you and you are able to see into you're able to see things that Bontle herself can't see. It's quite yeah. sad. Yeah, uh, a lot of readers have said to me, it's kind of like you can see this train wreck. It's coming like there's a mm. train coming she's on the track she's not moving mm. she's, she's thinking oh you know i'm living the good life i'm the blessed girl um everybody every man loves me but you can see it coming um but she she she's quite denialist about her life and sometimes she even she she kind of sort of admits that um you know through the humor and everything else um that she's away that the way that she perceives her life is not actually real. But she's so far gone that she can't get off that that track. Why was it important for you to write about those depressive episodes? Because I I did not see those coming. And then when the first one and you think, and and that's that's one of the, like you said, that's one of those layers where you're thinking, geez, okay, this girl, you know, you don't end up in a clinic, um, for for no reason or for a little feeling of the blues. I mean, this is this is quite hectic. When did you decide that that needed to be part of her character? Um, it it actually came from the research that I did. I spoke to a few women in that lifestyle, and um, I came across two who actually post a lot um, on social media, and. Um, the idea came to me when one of these girls actually admitted, like, you know, she would post, um, I don't know, she's going to France with this man, with her man, and then um, uh, posting pictures of herself, like, near some luxury vehicle. And then after that, you, she, she would actually post that, you know, oh, I, I was away. Um, depression is, you know, and then she, talked, she, she would talk about um, her depression and everything that she's going through. And I actually thought that that would be an interesting mm. um, layer to add on to Bonte because I myself was trying to make sense of why it is a woman would choose um, to live that lifestyle. And I started, I, like a lot of people, uh, I was quite judgmental of, of, of women who, who Place of places, let me just call them that. Mm. And um, walking in her shoes 
and having spoken to a few women, like I said, who are in that lifestyle. There's a lot of um, really tragic stories. There's a lot of pathos in it. Um, there's women who feel that that is the only way, like there's women who actually start this blessy lifestyle as a means to, for instance, complete their education because, you know, the, the, the families that they come from can only take them that far. So literally somebody starts going out with an older man because uh, he's agreed to pay for her tuition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and uh, you know, as, as, so I, almost, I came across as many women who had who were born players in the uh, very kind of whimsical, oh, you know, I'm beautiful, so I'm just taking advantage of my beauty because these men are stupid enough to want to give me money uh, for me to to, to, to just be, um, well, to sleep with them, basically. Um, And juxtaposed against that were the women who who were really kind of desperate, who kind of thought, well, this is the only way out for me, you know? Um, So I wanted to kind of balance that out, that it's not, all about just shallowness. It's not 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 everyone who pursues this lifestyle is just somebody who's wanting to spend money on plastic surgery and look gorgeous and uh, you know mm-hmm. uh, be flown to exotic locations. Some people actually get into this because there's there's real pain um, and and there's real hurt and there's real want and 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 desperation and they feel that this is their only way out. Mm. When uh, what I loved about the the book also was that the secondary characters all uh, are also different uh, and and pull you in just as much. And I want to talk about them uh, in in just a minute. But the I'm fascinated by the research that you did into blessies. Please tell mm. me more about that. Where did you find them? Um, I literally <laughs> there's okay. So there's a website. Well, sorry, a social media page. Mm. Four blessers that are looking for to, to link up with blessies and the other way around. Mm. Um, so I joined one of the sites and um, I so I I, 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 I uh, reached out to the administrator to say, look, I'm writing a book about this lifestyle and I'd like you to give me access, if possible, to you know people, men and women in the lifestyle that I could interview. And um, they came back to me a few days later and they said, well, um, we'll speak to some people and see if anybody's willing to kind of come forward and talk to Mm. you. And lo and behold, um, uh, a few, not a lot, a a few women, young women were willing to talk to me. But of course, the men uh, were less uh, forthcoming, Mm. I suppose for obvious reasons, because a lot of them, like I said, are married. Um, so, so uh, maybe they felt that that would blow the cover. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so that's basically that. And also, I actually have young women that I know personally um, who are, you know, places, and they were my primary source of information. Um, and actually, one of them is actually it's like Bontle. She's married. She's a young married woman wow. who has blessers. Yeah, so... It's quite um, so a is disturbing Bontle, phenomenon, but very yeah, real. it is quite it very is real. quite disturbing. Uh, is Bontley an amalgamation of all of these different people? Yes, I would certainly say that um, she's an amalgamation of all these different people. But there is a primary source <laughs> amongst all of them. Oh, really? Who, 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 who? I would say um, kind of seventy percent makes up. <gasps> 
in this character. And so the the, the antics that Bontley gets up to, I'm assuming that the the 70% also got up to these antics. Spot on. <laughs> Listen, one day when we don't have a microphone between us, you are going to have to tell me more about that. Now, as you just mentioned, uh, Bontley is married, which kind of comes as a bit of a shock to the reader because she's uh, leaping into bed. And, oh, and, is that a spoiler? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it's not. No, no, no. I think that's I think that's OK. I think that's OK. Yeah, but that's okay. it. It does come out quite early. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chizoko was... Chizoko was... Oh shame! That's all I can say about him, really. I mean, he was a he was he. There were times when I just thought, "Oh, man up and and don't let her treat you like this." And then there were other times when I thought, "God, she doesn't know that she's born. She should just cut all cut loose all the teddy bears and the Papa Jeffs and the and Mr. Emmanuels and just go home." Just go home. Yeah. <laughs> if only it were that easy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if only it were that easy. Look, I mean, uh, if you if you look at uh, Dogozo's character, he's a young man. He's a doctor. He's well-meaning. His heart is in the right place. Um, for for many women, it would just be baffling that 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 he's not good enough for somebody like Bunke. But the thing is, the reality is for Bunke, she thought. By marrying a doctor, a young doctor, she was going to instantly be this um, rich trophy wife who gets shattered around, you know, across the country, around the world. Um, but obviously, it's not; it doesn't work out that way because, you know, first you have to serve your internship, you have to do some in-service training. So those are the things that just made her very impatient and also the long hours that poor Dr. Ntogozo had to work mm. um, only served as um, an opportunity for her to actually meet older men who were readily, like, who were ready to actually spend money on her at that particular time. She didn't have to wait for three years or five years for this man to make it um, because she wanted that lifestyle and she wanted it like now. She wants she wanted it instantly. She wasn't willing to wait. And that's where um, Dogozo fell short in her eyes. Yeah, yeah. I just want to read a little bit because uh, this, just to give uh, just to give people an idea of who Bontle is. And uh, she's getting ready to go uh, on uh, a sort of girls' night out. But she knows that uh, one of her friends has, has a blesser. And she's oh got her... She's got her eye on him. She's got her eye on him. So uh, she says, uh, I did the butt implants. And yes, I do look hot. But I'm just not as excited with them as I thought I'd be. First of all, they still hurt a little, even though I've had them for four weeks now. Secondly, I don't feel as good about myself as I thought I would. I kind of feel like an exaggerated version of myself. Whenever I feel bad about them, I just post pictures of myself on Instagram in a two-piece bathing suit. And I feel a bit better when guys, and sometimes girls, comment about how hot I look. These things are not easy, I tell you. You should see my DMs on social media. I get guys offering to have sex with me every single hour of every single day. With the butt implants, it's just become worse. I've had to block half of my male followers because some of them even send me dick pictures, which is utterly great. Gross and just uncalled for. Anyway, I'm feeling really nervous about my meeting with Mr. Emmanuel tonight. The only affirmation I give myself is that we, if we end up in bed, then our relationship dynamics will string dra- swing drastically in my favour. Once I give him some of my hot, sexy loving, then I'll stop acting like a nervous virgin. He'll be eating out of my hands in no time. 
I wear a red form-fitting dress that's not too revealing, but is definitely body-hugging. I went for another skin bleaching session yesterday, so I'm a proper yellow sunflower. My hair is on fleek with a wavy long Brazilian, and I'm wearing Chanel Number no. 5 today, just because I remember him telling me it's one of his favourite fragrances on a woman. After sipping a glass of champagne, because at least now I can afford it, I step out feeling confident that this man will be calling me baby by tomorrow morning. You... <laughs> I mean, she is. She's. She's relentless. She is relentless. She is relentless, and I was shocked for a minute there because I thought you were going to read the next part, and I'm thinking uh, she is quite brave. Oh, what? Oh, yes, the next part. That part. Oh, that. Okay, so 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 let's so let's. No, it's good. They can they can handle it. So we've so let's now skip forward. She's she spent the night with uh, with Mr. Emmanuel, uh, but there is a slight problem. When I get to Dr. Hines's rooms, his receptionist is chatty as usual, but I only manage to nod and ask if the doctor is ready to see me. She ushers me into his consulting room and I sit down as slowly and gently as possible. Bontley, my dear, always good to see you. Why are you allowing that angelic face to look so morose? He asks with concern in his voice. Doctor, this is serious. I gathered as much based on your frantic phone calls and text. I sigh, feeling equal measures of alarm and embarrassment. I'm embarrassed and alarmed. That much I've gathered. Out with it. What's the problem? I sigh again. I think I've lost my, um, my vajayjay. His Botox face tries in vain to express alarm. You've lost your virginity, he asks, clearly unconvinced. No, no, I've lost my vagina. He claps his hands in mock shock. Bontle, how does anyone lose a vagina? Were you, were you mutilated? He asks, a mask of concern clouding his face. I nod. Yes, yes, you could put it that way. I think I was mutilated. Now he's shaking his head. Darling, Bontley, this is serious. If you are mutilated, my dear, we need to involve the authorities. We need to call the police. We need to open a case. The last person you should be thinking about calling is your surgeon. We need to be able to show evidence. Whoever this monster, whoever did this to you, needs to be reported and sent to jail. I shake my head. No, no, doctor, it's not like that. I slept with this man willingly, but he was so big that I don't think I have a vagina left. Like, I can't feel my vagina anymore, and I'm scared to look. I don't know what I'll find. What? I'm serious. I cannot feel my vagina anymore. I see his face. If it wasn't for the Botox, I think he would be able to see that he's. I would be able to see that he is suppressing a laugh. But this is not funny to me, darling. You had consensual sex with this man. I nod my head, and you think. You think because of his size, he may have mutilated your private parts. I nod. Now he actually laughs like a real riotous laugh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, darling. I don't. This is not very professional of me, but he's giggling like a schoolgirl. But I doubt there's anything wrong with your privates. Remember, a four kilogram baby can come out of there. So I don't think any man would be big enough to cause irreparable damage. Now I'm getting irritated. But I still think you should check. Things don't feel normal down there. He shrugs. I can see him stifling a laugh. Okay, I don't know what you looked like before, but I can check. What exactly do you think I could do for you? I think I want you to tighten it. Take it back to its original position. That man shoved a 30 centimetres long penis into me. I will never be normal again. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that long. But it was big, in width as well. There's no way I'm still normal. Are you planning on seeing him again? I have to sit long and hard to think about this one. So I do. Sit long and hard, I mean. After some rumination, I respond, yes. 
He takes my hands into his and says, so darling, if we tighten it, won't you come back even more traumatised than you are now? He has a point, so I stand up and grab my car keys. Bye, Dr Hines, I say. Bye, Bontley. See you at your next consultation. I have new respect for Irish. She's a soldier. She deserves a medal. And I understand why she calls him Mr. Emmanuel. <laughs> One of my favourite sections of the book. I mean, I was hysterical. I was hysterical. And I want so desperately for that to have really happened to Miss 70%. <laughs> I just think that was that was just it was fabulous and it continues in that similar vein to the point where often a lot of times and what I love as well is that the way that you've written it is that Buntley essentially takes the reader into her confidence so she's talking to the reader as if we are an active part of her life why why did you decide to to narrate in that way um, because she gets up to such mischief <laughs> that um, the danger, as, as I said, was that the reader would be completely put off by this character. She's so vain. Um, she is so far up her own behind mm. that um, the danger was that she was just going to put down the book and say, oh, I've had it with this woman. She's just too much. So the way that she related is such that you become a confidant and a friend and she even asked she even checked you like are you judging me i mm. can tell you're judging me i told you if you want me to be honest about my life which is quite a ride um i need you to kind of put back your judgmental blankets and let's let's sit down and have a conversation and have fun you know you getting the front seat uh like a front seat view into my life so don't be judging me and scolding me um let's let's just talk it out and have fun together. You're my best friend. Have a glass of wine. She even sometimes invites mm, me to have a glass mm. of wine with her. So I just thought that that would work better because even I myself had a problem with the character. <laughs> so I just had to make her a bit more charming and a bit more engaging uh, and just bring her closer to the reader in that way. You talk also in the book uh, about uh, addiction. A couple of characters um, have issues with addiction. Why, again, Why that, that's the sort of darker side uh, of the book, but I think a, a crucial part of the book in, in keeping it based in, in reality. Because for some people, they will read this book and say, this can't really be happening in South Africa. This can, these girls cannot oh, be doing... You, know, <laughs> you know, but, but then w- with yeah. this element of, of addiction and problem, you know, she drinks a lot and she's, uh, you know, getting up to all sorts. And other characters also in the book. Why, why did you sneak those in there in, in that way? Look, I think in a way, um, the book... And, in, and even Winter's character is kind of a metaphor for South Africa, for black, especially black South Africa post-democracy, um, that, you know, um, access, material wealth has become an addiction. And the reason I say that is because, um, especially in the metropolitan areas, you you grew up as a black person in South Africa not having access to a lot of money or even knowing people who are you know, just obscenely wealthy. And uh, post-apartheid, uh, post-1994, you've got new legislation, you've got people lending huge deals, government tenders, big business, um, you know, and you, I, I remember reading at some point a ridiculous statistic, and it was around the early 2000s, that the highest concentration of luxury vehicles in the world 
at that time was in Sandton. Wow. And that, and that had happened just maybe about, what, 10, uh, 10 years after we, we'd been liberated as a country. Um, and so it's, so, so, so it's addiction to material wealth, mm. um, but then also the frustration of seeing people around you suddenly becoming wealthy and finding yourself so stuck, you know, the, as, as the, I think it's a small percentage of, of, of people who've really made it and they've made it really big. Um, but a lot of people are still struggling with real poverty, real issues. Um, so just that um, that discrepancy, you know, in, 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 in wealth and well-being and wellness um, and, and um, the sense that it is within your reach, but it's not quite there. It's so frustrating, and a lot of people turn to alcohol. Um, they tend to drugs. Uh, they tend to, uh, you know, young women bleaching their skins to be lighter because if you're lighter, maybe it's going to be easier for you to access these things because you're regarded as beautiful. Um, there's just so much that we are battling with uh, as a country, and that's the reason why even the blesser lifestyle has become a thing here. Um, is because of that. Is because of that addiction to instant wealth. Like that, we all want to make it big, and we cannot wait. It has to happen today. Um, so it was kind of just reflecting on that, um, on on the things that, as a society, are really kind of eroding our values. Um, and and yeah, just just kind of taking a mirror and just saying, you know, is this who we are? How did we get here? Let's talk about it. Opening up that discussion, that conversation. Mm-hmm. One of the other characters that, that allows a, a sort of slither into um, Bontle's uh, heart and, and vulnerability is her brother, uh, Lockie, who she has this, you know, she's, she loves him to death and, and, and all the rest of it. Um, and that, that was a great, there were moments in their conversation and, and their interaction that you kind of think, okay, well, maybe she's not so bad. She's not that bad. Yeah, she can't be that <laughs> yeah, he, bad. And he, you meet the mother bad. also and you kind of, you, you know, in, in meeting her mom, uh, you kind of, can understand a little bit why she is the way that she is. Um, but they are two really crucial characters. And I, and I actually found myself, I mean, I, I thought I loved Lockie. I thought he was great. Um, I found myself warming to, to her mother. Um, but it was a it, very interesting family dynamic. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so obviously there's a big... Yes, big, we're not going to do... A lot of, yes, uh, yeah. I'm yep. not going to go there. No. But... I mean, everybody, and that's the thing is, uh, about being a writer is that, well, I mean, for me, in, in, in any case, is that I feel that you have to be compassionate as a writer because the one thing that I always discover when writing a character is that we are all not just one thing. You know, Muente mm. is not just kind of the... the, the uh, you know, big, this, 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 this character who's just so superficial, who's just out there to get money. Um, you know, there is another aspect to her. She's a great big sister. Um, she's a supportive daughter mm-hmm. to her mom, who she has a really kind of complex relationship with. But we actually got to learn that she's quite magnanimous. She's the magnanimous one mm. in that dynamic, in that relationship. Even though in the beginning we we just kind of thinking, why is she kind of brushing off her mom like that? Uh, but we realized that you know it's a very it's a very complicated relationship, and she's the one who's kind of um, um, 
the, the better person, for, for, for want of a better word, mm. um, in that dynamic. So, so yeah, so that's the thing that we, human beings are so complex. We're not, that's why we read, that's why uh, we need to, and, and that's why as a writer, like I said, you have to delve into different aspects of a character to, to humanize them, to, to really uh, make them as multi-layered, as messy, as complicated as, as we all are. Mm. Yeah. I want to talk about your writing process in a second, but one more uh, question about the book, and I'm not giving anything away here, but did you... Nothing, 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 nothing. (laughs) But did you always know it was going to end in the way it did? No. Really? No, I never know. I I, I do not have a single book where, even uh, most of the time, the ending that I had in mind, which usually is a very vague ending, um, you know, when I, when I, when I, you know, construct the, the, the flow of the mm. book and the plot and all that. Um, it, it never is the ending that I end up with. <laughs> wow. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I definitely did not see her life. I, I actually got very lost at some point because so much was happening in her life, you mm. know. Um, so I, 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 um, I got to a point where I thought, ooh, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't know how this is going to end for this girl. Wow. And, um, and actually that ending is not the one that I wanted. Um, I toned it down quite a bit because my publishers were like, oh, no, 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 come on, give this girl a break. Really? I'm Again, I can't, I can't ask you more because I don't want to... What you is actually me giving her a break. Wow. Oi, that's hectic. Okay, I'm going to leave it there because I'm so scared of, of giving something away. I just want to ask you about your writing process. I mean, this was book number four for you. So, I mean, you you old hat at this. It's not like you, you know, me, who's now struggling to do book number two. By number four, have you got it licked? Have you, are you? Oh, okay, really? <laughs> <laughs> not even my word. No, it never gets to that point. There's nothing as I mean, you will know this, that, that, it, that, that when you have to surrender your book. Oh, goodness. Even my first, you know, I even struggle with my first reader, never mind a publisher. <laughs> when I have to surrender my book to my first reader, like just a normal person, a friend, my husband, whoever, I, uh, I, I get so nervous. Yeah. Because now it's kind of like this, my, this is my child. Exactly. That I spend so much time with. And, um, and I don't even know if, She's ready to see the world. Yes. She's ready to surrender her to the world. So that feeling never leaves you because you never know if it's good enough. You actually think, oh, my goodness, I could have done it so much better. I struggle um, to read books that I like my first book, Red Ink. Mm. When people come to me who've just read it and they've got these great reviews and I think, oh, I can barely look at that book because <laughs> I just think I could have done it so much better. Wow. You know? Yeah. 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 So it never quite leaves you. I suppose that's the tragedy oh, of the life. That is not what I want to hear, Angela. <laughs> I want you to say, it's fine. It's great. It just gets better and better and better. And by the time you're on number four, you can do it in your sleep. <laughs> No, because by the time you're number four, you're thinking maybe you should be writing. This is you, sh- you should be adding this amazing masterpiece to your Uber <laughs> of work. But, but if you don't feel that it's quite up to, you know, up to the job. So yeah, it never it never gets better. Really Do you? Doesn't. What is your writing process? Because in addition to being an author, you're also a businesswoman. You're also a mom. You're also a wife. Do you kind of? S- get up at five in the morning and write for two hours and then get on with your life or do you find yourself just writing whenever you can are you very disciplined with your writing um you know when i start a new manuscript i 
it's quite an obsessive process. I mean, it's, it, it kind of, um, it, it wants to be written. It wants you to sit down and, and, and get it out there because it's kind of this fresh idea and you've got quite a good vision about where you want it to go. Um, so, so, so that, so at the beginning of a, of a, of a, of a manuscript for me, that's when, um, I, I, I write like odd, at odd hours because it's kind of got to get out of my yeah. head to the pages. But once the book starts kind of, the story starts coming together and settling in, then I have to be a bit more disciplined. Um, I, I try to find the time, you know, during, during the day, I go to a coffee shop because I can't write. I can't write in the office because it's just a different, you know, mm. you with a different mm. setting. I associate it with things that are just unrelated to my writing work, to my art. So I write at coffee shops. I write at night when everybody's sleeping at yeah. my house. That's the best time for me. <laughs> it is the best time. Oh, the silence is, and you just get so, oh, that's the best time. It is the best time. You really, you're alone yeah. with your character in your own world because mm. you're creating a whole new world yeah. and uh, you know these people have to breathe they have to uh, they, they don't need to breathe the same air as the as the one that's occupied by the people in your life exactly so, yeah <laughs> so that silence allows them to breathe to walk around to have these crazy conversations and um, to really live themselves out you know yeah. so yeah it's a very it's, it's very strange it sounds like you're talking about being possessed or something you know, it is like that <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Listen, I absolutely adored the book. I, I really did. And now I can't wait to, to read your others. I'm I'm so psyched now to read your other, which I know are in a slightly a big, different... I had a big fight with someone. At, uh, I was at African Flavors Bookstore. It's one of the bookstores. Yes. Yes. And I, so I wanted... I spoke to you about your book. So I wanted your book and they had one copy left. <laughs> And this woman was a reader, like one of my, like a, one of my readers. Yeah. So we go and and we both kind of reach for your book. Oh, and stop and it! Look at each other. And I had, and you know, I mean, she's my reader. She's like she's my friend. And I thought, oh my gosh, I have to give up this book. And where am I going to find it? <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. That's brilliant. I love to hear stories like that. I'll send you a copy. <laughs> Yeah, don't please don't be that person. Please because then it, then there'll be a headline. <laughs> then it'll be it'll be everywhere. The fighting girl. <laughs> it'll just be a whole story. Listen, when the question that I hate the most, but I'm gonna ask you is when's the next one coming? Oh no, you can't do that. You cannot do that. <laughs> Isn't that just the worst question? It is, but I, I've actually had inspiration again from readers. Um, these two ladies, I had lunch with these two ladies from the States who had been exposed. Somebody bought them uh, copies of my book and they loved it and they reached out to me. They wanted to meet me for lunch. We sat down. We talked about my first book, Red Ink, mm. and we started brainstorming. It was the craziest thing. We started brainstorming the sequel to this book because it has kind of an open-ended ending. Wow. And I thought the ideas were so brilliant. I actually think I may be working on my new book soon. Exciting. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> wow. Well, listen, yeah. I wish you all the very best of it. I, I absolutely loved, loved, loved this book. Uh, it is. It just. It was unexpected in so many different ways. And the ending, uh, that's all I'm going to say. It has been so lovely to have you on. And um, hopefully I will see you at a book festival or something in the coming months. I was thinking the same thing. By the time you, I know I would have finished reading your book and you'll have a nice 
chat about that. I'll interview you the way that you interview me now. Ah, <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. Uh, Angela, thanks so much for joining us. And um, yeah, all the all best to you. Oh, it was brilliant. And, uh, um, uh, you know, I take my head off to you that you were bold enough to read that passage on air. Thank Ooh. you. Thank you, you very much. Shocked. Not even that's Eusebius that's went that far. Not even Eusebius. No, no, he stopped shot. He stopped. Yeah. It was afternoon drive. Exactly. Exactly. And if that hasn't teased people into buying the book, I don't know what will. Uh, Angela, always just so much love to you and thanks so much.